When you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2. And uh, while you're turning there, let me remind you that we have started a new feature um, entitled Living the Spirit Life. Uh, you can gain access to it every morning early. It, it usually goes live somewhere between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m., somewhere in that neighborhood. So if you get up after that, it should already be live on the Facebook. Or you can go to our website, which is uh, thespiritlife.org. And you can go to thespiritlife.org. Hi, Chase. How you doing? Good to see you, buddy. He won't go to class until he waves at us. So, <laughs> one of our one of our kids in the child care in his family. But anyway, the spiritlife.org, It's a daily devotional that is written that you can pull up and read and and be encouraged by it, and then hopefully share it uh, through social media and get the word out. Just, just a way to kind of encourage you uh, with the word of God every day. It's, it's live every day, even on Saturday and Sunday at this point. So anyway, uh, Joshua chapter 2. Last week we started this new study in Joshua chapter 1. Um, just out of curiosity, uh, did, was there anything that we talked about last week that just kind of struck a nerve with you? Anybody Anybody want to share anything that was said or spoken that might have uh, just stuck in your spirit? Anybody? Anybody? I always get myself in trouble asking questions because nobody ever says anything. So anybody? Anybody? All right. Well, we, we talked about we talked about transfer last week. We talked about new beginnings. Uh, we talked about how that we don't have to be afraid. Uh, you know, God said to Joshua, I'm going to bless you just like I did Moses. Moses is dead, but you're, uh, you're going to step in and I'm going to give you every place that your foot uh, takes a step. I'm going to bless you just like I did him. Don't be afraid. Be strong of courage and, and you will take the land. And what a wonderful, wonderful message we find in Joshua chapter 1. And now in Joshua chapter 2, we begin uh, looking at the journey as it begins. And tonight we're going to talk about minding the mission. Minding the mission. In other words, God has given us a mission and now it becomes our responsibility to get on uh, with things that need to be done to see that mission come to pass and to, and to uh, come into fruition. So that's where we are, Joshua chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. Let's start reading, and I'll stop, and we'll make some comments. And if you have questions and, uh, or comments that you need to make, we'll, we'll feel free to do that. Joshua chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. And Joshua the son of Nun sent two men secretly for Sh from Shittim as spies saying, Go and view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab, and they lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho, Behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you who entered your house for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, true, the men did come to me, but I 
did not know where they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I do not know where the men went, but pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. Now, just, just let me stop long enough to tell you that everything she just said was a lie, okay? Just, just so that you'll get that in your mind. We're going to come back and talk about it in just a minute. But everything she just said was untrue. It was a lie. But she had brought them up to the roof and hid them with the stalks of flax that she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to the Jordan as far as the fords. And the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. And before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water out of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to Sion and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign. In other words, she's saying, I don't want you to lie to me. That never mind that she had just lied. She wanted a sure word now. We'll talk about that too. That you will save alive my father and my mother, my brothers and my sisters and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, our life for yours, even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Then she let down by a rope through the window for her house, let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was built into the city wall so that she lived in the wall. And she said to them, go into the hills, for the pursuers will encounter you and hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Then afterward you may go your way. The men said to her, we will be guiltless with respect to this oath of yours that you have made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, you shall tie this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And you shall gather into your house your father and your mother, your brothers and all your father's household. Then if anyone goes out of the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head, and we shall be guiltless. But if a hand is laid on anyone who is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head. But if you tell this business of ours, 
then we shall be guiltless with respect to your oath that you have made us swear. And she said, according to your words, so be it. Then she sent them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. And they departed and, and make sure I get back to that because I want to point something out to you right there with that statement. They departed and went into the hills and remained there for three days until the pursuers returned and the pursuers searched all along the way and found nothing. Then the two men returned. They came down from the hills and passed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun. And they told him all that had happened to them. And they said to Joshua, Truly, the Lord has given all the land into our hands. How much of the land? All of it. And also, all the inhabitants of the land melt away because of us. How many of the inhabitants? All of them. It's a complete job. Thank you for your word, Father. Now, let us have a good discussion about it. Give us the revelation that we need to know tonight in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, there's a lot going on in this passage of Scripture. God has already given the mission. He's already said, this is what I want you to do. He has already commissioned Joshua. In fact, by this time, if you remember from last week, Joshua has already been commissioned three times. He was commissioned the first time by Moses. He was commissioned a second time by Moses later on. And then in Joshua chapter 1, God himself commissioned Joshua and said, you are the man, you are the one that I'm going to bless. However, this is what you're going to have to do in order to see this vision come to pass. And so he was commissioned, he made all these promises, and he told everybody to work together, and now here we are in chapter 2, they are on the move. So there, there are two or three things I want to share with you tonight about this passage of Scripture. And, and the first thing is this. We have a personal responsibility with every promise that God has made. God doesn't just say something most of the time and then just magically it appears in our lives. I know God is able to supernaturally del deliver, but God has a desire for us to be involved in his processes. You know, God doesn't need any of us. How many of you know that? He doesn't need you. He doesn't need me. But he has chosen to, to move in this earth through his people. And through not, not even his people, that those who don't, don't even serve him, they, they don't know it. But they are you being used by God even in this life right now. Because God has a purpose. And his purpose is higher than ours. It's hard for us to grasp it all. But God is doing something in the supernatural that he will reveal to us as we need to know so that then we can take responsibility for it. Now, uh, here we are. God has already said to Joshua, I'm going to bless you. He has already said, I'm going to give you the land. He has already said that you're going to overtake. He's already said the victory is yours. 
He has already said that I'm going to fight this battle for you. He's already given Joshua the confirmation that he is on his side and he's going to do everything that is necessary to bring about the restoration of the land to Israel. He's already said that. But now we see Joshua getting busy doing different things. When we see him in chapter 2, we see him stepping up and being a leader. He's not just looking at the people. He is talking to them. He's giving them instruction. He is explaining the plan. He is leading them. And then we see him organizing things and planning to move ahead. You remember back in chapter 1, uh, we were talking about how the, the Israelites, for, for all those years, all they had to do was walk outside of their tent and their food was laying on the ground. It was heavenly manna. All they had to do was go out and pick up the manna and start eating. They had fresh manna every day. But in Joshua chapter 1, all of a sudden it changes. Now all of a sudden Joshua steps up and he says, you need to get your stuff together because beginning tomorrow everything around here is going to be different. And so the, the, the paradigm changed. And now, instead of this walking outside and eating manna, now they were going to have to plant crops. Now they were going to have to put their hands to the plow. They were going to have to be involved physically with what God was doing spiritually. And so here we see that, that Joshua gets busy. Look at chapter 2, verse 1. It says, And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying to them, go and view the land, especially Jericho. Now, Joshua could have said, there's no need to send the spies into the land. There's no need to, uh, to, to go and, and view the land. There's no need to go and look at Jericho. Because God has already said the victory is ours. God has already said that we're going to win the battle. God has already said he's going to do this on our behalf. And yet here he is sending the spies into the territory so that they could bring back the intel. So they are involved. So here's the principle. Even though God is fighting our battles for us, he expects us to do our part in the journey. For instance, you can declare that you know Scripture until the cows come home. But if you don't open the book and start reading the book and start digesting the Word of God and start committing it to memory, then the Word of God cannot come near you and be on your mouth. But if you read the Word, if you study the Word, if you, if you digest the Word of God, then the promise of God is, is that when we don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit will rise up within us and tell us what to say and how to say it and when to say it because the Word of God is in us. And it's building our faith in us. And so he says, I want you to go. And he said, I want you to spy out the land. Now, there are two realms here that the Spirit is working in. The first is that they're trying to build the faith of, of the people of Israel. In fact, you can see faith statements. Uh, look at verse uh, 14. They've had this conversation, conversation with uh, Rahab, and after the conversation, the, the spies say this. 
Our life are yours even to death if you do not tell this business of ours. Then when the Lord gives us the land, notice, they did not say, if the Lord gives us the land, then we'll be able to back this up. They didn't say, you know, we're kind of thinking that God's going to do this. We're not really sure yet. But we think it's a possibility. It's been reported on Fox News that it could happen. No, we don't see that. We hear them saying, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. What they're saying is, is that there's coming a day when after God has blessed us like he said he was, uh, going to bless us, then we will have all the, the, the resources that we need to have in our hands so that we can bless you in the way that we're committing to bless you. It's not so we can just hoard up things and just keep them in our care and keeping. We promise you that if you keep our, your end of the deal, we'll keep our end of the deal. And when God blesses us, we're going to bless you in a way that will absolutely transform you. They were not talking if ifs and buts and candy and nuts. They were talking faith saying this is what God said and because that's what God said we're saying to you there will come a day when we will be positioned to be such a blessing in your life that it will amaze you. And they're not finished yet. If you'll turn over and look at the very last verse, verse 24. Now they've come back and they're talking to Joshua. And they're reporting to Joshua what, they've, what they saw. And they said in verse 24, And they said to Joshua, Truly, what does truly mean? It means truly. It, it means without a doubt. It said certainly. No doubt about it. Verily I say. Positively, that's what truly means. Truly, the Lord has given all the land. Now, wait a minute. What did they say? The Lord has given. Had they possessed anything yet? Not one thing. The only thing that they possessed was where their feet had been to that point. But they, because God said, wherever you put your foot, I'm going to give it to you. So that, when did that start? That started the second that they transferred their trust to the hands of the Lord. Have you heard that anywhere lately? When they started walking, when they started obeying, when they started going to the place where God told them to go, then God started transferring Rahab, and we'll get to it in a minute. She said, hey, we already know that God's on your side. We already know that God's going to bless you. We already know that he's going to give all this land into your hand. We already know that. And so since, that, since she knew it and they knew it, they just decided to start talking as if it was already done. And so when they come back and talk to Joshua, they said, truly, the Lord has given how much of the land? All of it. Now they were either liars or they were full of faith, one or the other. They were declaring that God has said this and since God said it, we believe it's true. 
and we declare it to be so. And so we're going to act like, even though it's not in our hands yet, we're going to act like it already is. He said, truly, the Lord has given all the land into our hands. And also, all the inhabitants of the land melt away because of us. What they're saying here is full of faith. They're coming back to Joshua and they said, see what's in our hands? There wasn't anything in their hands. There, there wasn't a thing in their hands. But they said, God has already given us all the land that is in our hands. He said, that's what they said. And said, not only that, all of the inhabitants of the land are scared to death of us. They're quaking in their boots. They're, they are absolutely shaking at the prospect that the people of God are going to come in here and take back what was rightfully theirs in the first place. Faith. Faith. So how does that apply to us? That applies that when God's given us a promise, then we have to start acting like it is already done, even though it may not quite be done. I know that you think I'm nuts. I understand that, and I'm okay with it. I, I you know, I, I told you Sunday I... I ran on the copy machine this Amos 9.13 passage of scripture and I made it big and I put it up on the bulletin board down in the office complex and, and every time I walk by it, I stick my hand right flat up on it and I say, I receive it in Jesus' name. I know the people in the office must think I'm crazy if they hear me doing it because I just put my hand on it and I say, I receive it in Jesus' name. I receive it in Jesus' name. The other day, it might have been today, I walked by and I forgot to do it. And I'm already good ways past it. And I thought, I'll catch it coming back. And then I said, no, I'm going to catch it coming back, but I'm not going to miss it going either. And I walked all the way back to where it was and put my hand on it and said, I receive it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amos 9.13, you need to read it because it talks about a harvest being so great and coming so quickly that the reapers could not keep up with the rate of harvest. I'm ready, aren't you? I am ready, 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 ready to receive everything God has. And just like these guys said, we don't have not one piece of dirt in our hand. I can't find one grain of sand. There's not a thing in our hands. But God said, wherever we walk, we would possess it. And I've already walked here. So since I've walked here, it may not be, the deed may not be made out to me yet. But I have it in Jesus' name because God promised and said, it is ours. Faith. That's what he's talking about. And so we see all these marvelous promises in chapter 1. And then in chapter 2, we see where Joshua and the people of Israel now have to, have to be responsible for living in such a way and, and possessing such a mindset now that the blessings begin to materialize in their lives. It, it, it can be big or it can be little. I, yesterday, I, I, I hesitate to even tell you this, but hey, we're all old anyway, so it, just, it hasn't happened to you yet. It'll probably happen to you soon. Don't get me started. I have to pray for Earlene every day and Dorothy most of the day. God, give them their mind back in Jesus' name. I, 
I came in yesterday and my feet were hurting so bad. You, you remember several, a couple of years ago when I was having those sugar problems, I couldn't feel anything in my feet. And now I can feel everything in my feet. And, and it's like some days I almost wish that I was back in the land of Egypt with the leeks and onions because my feet were hurting so bad. I'm not kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I don't want to go back. But like most people in the wintertime, my heels had cracked and, 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 and they were hurting. I mean, they were really hurting. And so I was kind of, I was kind of walking around like this. Have you ever done that? Your heels just get so, and I'm just kind of walking around it. And Earlene, she, she said, well, good morning, pastor. How are you? And I said, well, if I have to be real honest, I said, my feet are hurting. And I said, I need you to pray for my feet. Not. I wasn't going to ask her to lay hands on my feet or anything like that. I said, just whisper a prayer from across the room in Jesus' name. I got to my office. I decided I'd pray for myself. Now, I know you think that's crazy. I just laid my hands on myself and said, God, my feet hurt. And I want you to touch my feet and heal my feet. And you know, the Lord said to me, the Holy Spirit said to me, put some vitamin in, E cream on those and I'll help you out. When I got home, I took my shoes and my socks off, and I loaded my feet down with vitamin E cream. Yep. And when I woke up the next morning, my feet were fine as frog hair split three ways. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to help yourself, amen? But you've got, to start, you've got to start acting like that God's going to help you. You've got to start acting like that he's already provided what you need to be successful. He'd already told Joshua and the guys, I'm going to bless you everywhere you go, wherever your feet land. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give it into your hands. And now they could have gone into Jericho and started saying, I don't know, man, this is going to be tough. Man, those walls are big. I mean, they're tall. And they hate us. And they're trembling. It ain't because they're afraid. It's because they're... They're anxious to get their hands around our throat. Isn't it amazing how anxiety can make you see things that are not there? That anxiety can cause you to see the opposite of what reality is. It would have been so easy for them to look at all of those people in Jericho quaking in their shoes and said, they are full of energy. They are ready to kill us. They are so anxious for the moment that they can wrap their hands around our necks and kill us and destroy us that they are literally shaking. At the, they could have seen that in their mind's eye. They could have. But instead they said, no, it could not be that way. There's no way it could be that way because God has already told us what's going to happen and somehow or another, he's already gotten the word to them what's getting ready to happen. And this is not a, a positive thing of we're coming against you to kill you. But they were shaking in their boots at the very thought that Israel was coming to town. You see, anxiety has to be put aside. Because it will cause you to think things that you don't need to be thinking. Because it will keep you from obtaining the victory that God wants you to have. Your spouse, maybe you've been praying for them for a long time and they act like an idiot and you start thinking they ain't never going to get saved. But you have to keep 
praying, and you have to keep believing. Don't look at your spouse right now. I've taught you better than that. Don't you look over at your husband or wife. Lay hands on them, cast the devil out of them. Not right now. But you've got to keep believing. Well, my kids, they've been out in the world for so long now, I don't think they'll ever get saved. Cut your tongue. No, don't cut your tongue off. But stop talking like that. And start saying, Lord, everywhere they walk today, everywhere they turn, they're going to find a believer who's going to invest in them and sow a seed into them. They may be walking down the middle of the street and somebody walk up to them and say something that will spark faith in them and cause them to turn. And this could be the day that they make a turn. This could be the day. I, I, I read something the other day in one of these... Uh, journals and they and believer writing this nonsense and say you know all these people with anxiety and all that you know what their problem is you know why they're anxious because their expectations are too high and I stopped right in the middle of reading it and I said well that's a bunch of bull that that that's a lie God told us to expect we're supposed to have faith we're supposed to believe. We're supposed to lift our eyes up and not walk around. Say, well, I don't know if that'll ever happen for me. I don't know. I, you know, I just can't have that. I've been disappointed so many times that it's just easier for me not to expect nothing from them than for me to expect it. You ain't never going to get nothing with that kind of mentality. At some point, you got to start saying, I don't care what it looks like. All I know is, is that God said this, and if God said this, then I don't know how and I don't know when, but it's going to happen. And whatever I have in my hand right now, I'm going to declare it already is mine in Jesus' name. Amen. And that's what they were doing. They were talking about, they were talking faith. They weren't talking about how high those walls were. They were, they were thinking about how God had already preceded them on the journey. Now, I want to ask you a question. Did you ever wonder in your mind, why did they go to a prostitute's house? Why did they go to a prostitute's house? <laughs> Joshua sends the two spies, and he says, especially go to Jericho. And... And when they get to Jericho, I mean, they could have gone down to the diner. They could have gone down to Starbucks. They didn't have free Wi-Fi down there. They could have gone to the Jericho Cracker Barrel. I mean, they could have gone anywhere they wanted to go, and they go, they go to a house of ill repute. I get tickled at some of these people that are so stinking scholarly that they, they don't they can't cross the street by themselves. Well, you know, she wasn't really a prostitute. You know, if if you look at if you look at the original language that it was written in, it doesn't really mean prostitute. Listen, let me tell you something. A prostitute is a prostitute. And a prostitute in those days did the same thing that prostitutes do today. 
Everybody got that? There's no doubt. I don't care if you read it in Hebrew or Greek or Aramaic or in tongues. A prostitute is a prostitute. And that's where they went. Now, I don't know if they were thinking nobody will ever think to look for us here. Or maybe they were thinking, I'll go there. We'll go there because that's where everybody will be. Nobody will be at Starbucks. They'll all be at the prostitute's house. I don't know why they went there. Except that I know that they went under directive from God. And they were being led by the Spirit of God. He said, well, pastor, the Holy Spirit wasn't active in the Old Testament. Oh, yes, he was. Yes, he was. And he was directing their past. The scripture says, steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. And if you're walking in the Spirit, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, if you're walking by the Spirit, he's directing your path. And so they wind up in the prostitute's house. And so they're there. And it's, it's interesting, the conversation that takes place. So, and it was told, listen, listen though. Let me, I, let me make this point and then I'll go forward. It's interesting. Look at the next verse. It says, they went to the prostitute's house named Rahab and they lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho, behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Now, how did the king know? How did the king know? He had spies out himself. He knew that the Israelites were coming. He'd already been put on notice and he was expecting them to come. And so he put all these feelers out around town and when they saw the visitors come in and go to Rahab's prostitute house, then somebody went and told the king. And it was told the king, Behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. They even knew what they were doing. They came to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. The king knew what was up. He knew what was happening. He was expecting it. He knew. And then, and then here it comes, the famous lie. You know, the, the lie that everybody's heard about. It says, but the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, true, the men did come to me, but, it, but I did not know where they were from. That's a lie. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. That's a lie. They were on a roof even then. So they went out. Said, I do not know where the men went. That's a lie. Because she knew that they went upstairs and were on the roof. Don't know where they went. But if you'll pursue them quickly, you will overtake them. That's a lie. Because they could have pursued as much as they wanted to pursue and they were never going to find them once they stepped outside of the gates of that city. Why? Because they were hiding on the roof of her house. Did you ever wonder if there were any other men up there with them hiding? 
That was free. Didn't cost you a thing. We'll edit that out of the videotape before it goes out. We're here from Israel. We're from you here from just down the street. But don't, don't, don't tell Velma. You know, that'd be bad. But she had brought them up to the roof. Now I can't. I'm out of order now. I'm, I pray to be re-sanctified. But she had brought them up to the roof and hid them with the stalks of flax that she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to the Jordan as far as the fords, and the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. You talk about timing. Think about timing. Think about God's timing here. You know, the men come in. They go to Rahab's uh, house of prostitution. And, and, and she hides them up on the roof behind, behind the stalks of flax. And, 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 and then they come in. Where are the men? I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know where they're from. But they did come. And now they've left. And they've gone outside. And, 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 but if you'll go right now, if you'll chase them, and, and you'll overcome them, you will, you will, you will overtake them. And so... Out they go, and the scripture says, as soon as they walk outside, you can see it however you want to say it. You can see it however you want to see it. The protection of God closed them in to the place where they would be safe. Timing. I was thinking about this today, and I don't want to give too much of it away because I feel like that I'm going to have to preach about it Sunday. I've been trying my best to get to Easter and I just can't seem to get there in my spirit. We've been talking about breakthrough and all that. Did you ever think about the timing of breakthrough? Did you ever think about how if breakthrough comes right now, the glory that could have been will never be realized because God's timing is perfect. And God knows he could do it right now. But if he did it right now, there would not be nearly the positive effect as if he could just get you to hold off and be patient and get down here because God sees the end from the beginning. Isn't that right? He knows the future. He, he knows what the future holds. And he knows that if you can just be patient, child of God, if you can just wait a little bit longer, then when the timing is right, when God releases the resources and when God brings about the breakthrough, then the glory of God is going to be so powerful and so moving that it's going, it's going to be absolutely amazing. But you have, you have to learn how to be patient and I have to learn how to be patient. God does nothing by accident. God moves on his timetable. He may not move on your timetable, but he will move on his timetable. And there is not an enemy in hell who can prevent him from doing what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, how he wants to do it, and who he's going to do it through. There's not a devil in hell that can prevent it. Not one. Before the men lay down, she came up to the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen on us. She said, I already know all this. 
All the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan. To Sion and Og whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it. When? As soon as we heard it. When? As soon as we heard it, our hearts melted. As soon as we heard it. Have you heard anything about that recently? You remember when the angel of the Lord came to Daniel and said, you started praying 21 days ago. I'm here today Because God loves you and sent the answer to you 21 days ago. But there was spiritual warfare taking place in the heavenlies. Timing. 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 But I called one of the chief angels to come and help me fight the battle. And he was doing such a good job that I could slip away and come down here and tell you this, listen to this, Daniel, from the moment, from the day, the second that you set your mind to understand that God dispatched the answer for you. When the moment you said it is the moment God heard it. The second you said it was the second God heard it. Don't say God hasn't heard my prayer. The second you said it is the second he heard it. And she said, the moment we heard it, it set this process in place to cause fear to rise up in us. Some of you are fighting a battle right now. I got three minutes and I got to quit. I'll never make it. But some of you are fighting a battle right now and you've been wondering how, when, what's it going to look like? This is bigger than me. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I have the power. I don't know if I have the authority. I don't have the resources. I don't have, I don't have, I don't have. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I will. I don't know if he will. I don't. You hear what's coming out of your mouth? You hear what's stuck in your spirit? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And I'm one of the world's worst when it comes to that. I just don't know when, how, if, where. But the key is, is when I stop saying, what if, when, how, where, when I take spiritual authority over my thoughts and my words and call them in and capture them by the Holy Spirit and refuse to release them into the atmosphere, then the Spirit of God can rise up in me and say, pray, my child, call out to me, cry out to me, speak to me. If you don't know how to pray, pray in the Spirit. Let me pray through you. 
I will pray when you don't have the words and you have nothing but groanings that cannot be uttered. I will pray through you and I will hear the prayer that I pray through you and that second, that moment, at that very moment, I will set a process in place that will deliver the answer on the wings of angels if necessary. But what we've got to learn how to do is release that process. And that's what he did here. She said to these men, she said, we heard about what happened at the Red Sea. We heard about how that you destroyed the other kingdoms. We heard about it. And she said, as soon as we heard it. Say that with me. As soon as we heard it. As soon as we heard it, our hearts melted. Okay, I'm done except for this. I don't ever quit. Don will have to hear the rest of it before we go to bed tonight. I've got a deal I'm dealing with or I've got a situation I'm dealing with and I get to choose whether or not I'm going to mealy mouth, bad mouth, doubt, lack of faith, how I'm going to respond to it or react to it, I get to choose. Aren't you glad I get to choose? You get to choose. And I can talk about how sick I am and how tired I am and how frustrated I am and how I, if I could just get my hands around their neck, I'd squeeze the life right out of them. I'd leave them in the street dying a bloody death for what they've done for me. And we, we can choose our thoughts and our words or we can say, God, I don't know how to handle this, but God, I need your help. And the instant that you cry out to him, call out to him, the instant, the second that you transfer your trust into his hands, he begins the process that will cause the enemy. Listen, your enemy is not another person. It's not your husband, it's not your wife, it's not your neighbor, it's not the next president of the United States or the former president of the United States because we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and high places. The good news is, is that we have authority over them in the name of Jesus. And when we begin to speak according to the anointing of God and the word of God, then God starts a process in the devil that causes him to start saying, you know, I'm not doing much good here. Maybe I'll just go on down the block and beat on somebody else for a while because this person has done caught them a case of faith and I'm never going to be able to bring them down or defeat them as long as they have faith. Amen. I feel like revival's about to break out around here. 